0: Last week, we talked about finding your core values, strengths, and skills to align with a career that would fit for you. We feel like this episode would be a perfect follow-up to finding confidence in those things that you are passionate about. Confidence is a skill that can be developed, and it will serve you not in only finding a career or passion that excites you, but also can bring you happiness in your day-to-day life. On today's episode, we have a life coach that will be discussing how to build our confidence, This is Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, episode 29, The Confidence to Be Confident with Siri Payne.
1: Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be.
0: Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become.
1: We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. Today, we are talking to Siri Payne, who is a certified life coach that works with mothers and their teens in helping them work together to become their best selves and love themselves. She has a master's degree in education and is a special education teacher and a mother of three teenage girls who are 13, 15, and 16. We are so excited to have you on the podcast today, Siri. Thank you for being here. The subject is so important, and we cannot wait to hear what you have to say.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I feel honored to be part of this today.
0: Yeah, we're so grateful for your education and your experience. It just is going to make you be able to speak on confidence in so many different directions. I feel like just so helpful to be able to have your outlook on this. So let's talk for a minute about what confidence is.
2: So confidence is a feeling that we have about just anything in general. But our self-confidence is a feeling that we have about ourselves. And all of our feelings come from our own brain, and it's based on what we are thinking about the situation. So a person that is self-confident is a person that's able to think that maybe they're nice or that they're worthy or that they're capable of doing something. They may think that they are strong or pretty or a good student, um, but they don't think those things compare to other people. They just think that they are. And that's what really matters, because a lot of times, even adults and teens, we compare ourselves and then think we can't do something based on comparing it to other people, but we can do those things. And so we just have to decide what kind of thoughts we wanna to have to be able to have those those thoughts to encourage us to be those things in spite of actually having done them yet.
1: Yeah, this subject is huge, not only for teens, but still a lot of adults that I know are continuing to work on growing their self-confidence. I really do think that what we think about ourselves is what generates or depletes our self-confidence,
2: right? Right, exactly. And unfortunately, we spend more time thinking about other people and how like we put them up on a pedestal or we think about all of the things about them that make them really great or really special. And we spend more time thinking about that and less time towards ourselves. We often are beating ourselves up and thinking negatively about us and then putting everyone else thinking that they're their actions, their accomplishments, their whatever, are so much better. And so then we're constantly thinking negatively about ourselves.
1: Yeah, as I've grown older, it's funny because I remember having those really comparative feelings. But as I've grown older, I've been able to see more of my strengths and the things that I love about myself. And when I do kind of want to naturally compare, I kind of changed my thought process. And I'm just like, that's like Erica is really talented with all things computer and just really good design work on computers, like making layouts and stuff. So I could sit here and go, gosh, I'm not good at that. And like beat myself up. Or I could go, my buddy Erica's awesome at it. And I'm so happy that she is because now I can just refer to her and have her help me. So it doesn't cause me to beat myself up. I can really look at other people's talents and abilities and be happy and proud of what they are doing. And just, I can be sure of my own strengths, but still encourage her in what she is good at too. And it just causes this more love and actual more confidence within me as well.
2: Right. I love that. I like to refer that to the comparison trap or refer to it as the comparison trap, right? I'm sure you guys have heard the little quote, and I don't know who it's by, but comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, I love that. And just recently, my daughter—it's prom time around here—and so my daughter got a prom dress. And in fact, for a number of reasons, she got three, but they're really valid reasons, I promise. And they were all <laughs> really good deals. <laughs> and so, um, of the three that she got, she ended up wearing this one, and she loved it. And we almost didn't get it because she had already gotten the other two. They're going to be used for something else. But anyhow, um, she loved her dress. She thought it was great, and it was actually ended up being like twenty nine dollars. Um, because it was a sell and a good deal and a coupon. And anyways, the gist of it is she loved it. She thought it looked good on her when she was trying on all of the other dresses. There's a flaw here or a flaw there. This one was flawless, right? But it became not flawless when she started hearing the prices that everybody else spent. So there were some people spending 300 and 400 and 500 And so all of a sudden, this dress that she really loved became insignificant just because everyone else was spending more money on this dress, although the dress looked fabulous on her. So that's just when we compare to other people, that's when we then our joy is taken away from our accomplishments. And it's mainly comes from like our thoughts again, and I know I mentioned that a couple of times already, but we get to pick our thoughts, which then drives our feelings every day, and we get to choose the ones we wanted. So for example, of this prom dress, right, she could continue to think the thought that she looked really great in the prom dress and it was just amazing deal, but instead she decided to allow herself to think the thought that it maybe wasn't good enough because it wasn't as expensive. And if you are the person that gets to choose your feelings every day, and we do, and we get to choose our feelings by our thoughts, what kind of feeling would you want to pick? And so that's when we start to get into that comparison trap or you start to feel like you're less than, maybe just taking a pause or a deep breath and just be like, hey, is this really how I want to feel? Do I want to feel yucky or depressed? Do I want to feel less than in a certain situation? Or would I rather feel like motivated or courageous or something? And so we get to pick. And so I just encourage, you know, us all to take a step back and pick the good thoughts, the ones that make us take action.
1: I love that thought process. And I think it would have completely changed my life as a teen. But where I get kind of stuck in it is how do we pick our feelings when other people are rude to us, when we get cut from a, you know, sports team or no one asks us out on a dance. When we feel like we have no control, how do I I pick
2: my feelings then? I feel like it's out of my control. Like I have to feel those feelings. Right. And so the first thing is to recognize the feelings that you're feeling and decide if that is what you want to. So, of course, it's okay to feel sad about some of those things, right? Sometimes they are things that we don't want to happen or things that we were hopeful that would pan out a different way. And it's okay to recognize that, yeah, I can feel sad about it, but just don't let it mean or make it mean that you're less than, yeah. right? So just because you maybe didn't make the, you know, sports team or whatever, it doesn't mean that now you as an individual is not still worthy and and an individual that's still able to do so much more. It just means that maybe out of the top 12 people, you just weren't, you know, the top 12. Or lots of times I played sports in high school, so it sometimes isn't about you. It's about the freshman coming up or your height or, you know, so many other things. So just like, and I think that's probably a good point. To bring up is lots of times, again, we think everyone's focused. We think it's all about us. Like we didn't make the team or we're not getting asked out to a dance because of us, like something that we lack. And really it's about so much more sometimes. And we just never, I always say like take the snow globe and like shake it up. And then you really uncover what's in there. And if you, and we just assume like you didn't make it because you weren't fast enough or you didn't get asked to a dance because you're not pretty enough or whatever, but really it could be so much more about the other people than it really is about us. But we're so focused on the negative at us. We just pick ourselves apart instead of just thinking like, Hey, how do I want to feel about not making the softball team? And sometimes they, we call it like unicorn thoughts where, okay, I don't make the softball team. So I could think, well, gosh, this could be a blessing in disguise. Now this will open up so much time to go do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And really that probably is the case, but that's not the first place our brain takes us. Our brain takes us down the road of you're not good enough. You didn't do this good enough. If you would have only like caught the fly ball, if you would have only dove for it, whatever. Right. And so the gist is, I don't, I wish I could come up with a better, like negative, like, like a Satan thought, right? We have our unicorn thoughts and we're like, oh, that's a unicorn thought. I don't want to think I didn't make the team because it wasn't the best thing for us. But yet we allow ourselves to think that thought. It's like the complete opposite. Like it's because I suck. It's because I'm ugly. It's because I'm fat and we're okay thinking those. But when I try to offer like, what we you know, refer to as the unicorn thought, lots of times people are really hesitant and be like, no way, that's so fake. But in the gist is they're both fake. We don't know why you didn't make the team. But if you're going to tell yourself a story why, why not tell yourself a good one? Yeah. Yes.
1: That's so powerful if teens listening could really use those unicorn thoughts instead of those garbage thoughts is what I'm going to call it. <laughs>
2: There you go. Maybe that will be, I'm like, I want a good, whatever garbage yeah,
0: thought. that a garbage thought. <laughs> we don't even realize how much we self doubt ourselves. Do we?
2: I don't think we do because we start to actually believe them and take them on as truths. Beliefs are just things we think over and over and over again. And so we have thought it so much that then it just becomes something we, that we believe is, is natural and part of us. A uh, lot of times Um, People like say, well, I'm a procrastinator and it's not necessarily that they are or aren't or can or can't be. They just believe that they are because they think about it. And so they just accept it as what is. And so they never change it or have a, a lack of desire to change it because they just keep thinking that they're a procrastinator. But on the flip side, you could just think I'm a person that doesn't procrastinate anymore or I'm a person that doesn't want to be a procrastinator and come up with a new way of thinking about yourself
0: so, how do you suggest that we change that?
2: Um, again, I think it where it comes back to just realizing what you do think about yourself, and then question those thoughts. Right. So, take a second to think about for a second. Like, what do you really think about yourself? Are you thinking like I'm really bad at math? Do you think I'm a procrastinator? Um, you guys are moms, so are you thinking I'm a you know I'm a horrible mom, or you know some of the teens listening to us, I'm I'm a horrible child. Right. I make really bad mistakes. And if you are thinking those things about you, those again become your normal thinking, right? And so then you no longer are able to create the results that you want in your life because you're constantly thinking that those are you. And so those are the results you're producing. If you think you're a procrastinator, you're going to be one because it's like giving your brain permission to be one.
1: Yeah, that's so natural for our brains to just do that. I, I think it's so hard to break the cycle of thinking that way.
0: I saw on online there was kind of a week where people were trying to like do this, where they were saying what they want to be and saying it as if they already were. And so all these moms were like writing on their hands, like something that they were wanting to be better at. So I saw a lot of moms writing like, I am a patient mom or I am this kind of mom. And I was like, how powerful is that? You obviously have... Times when you aren't gonna be patient and you're wanting to work on that, but when you're saying it and like trying to believe it, then it becomes what you want it to be. So I love I love that idea. You gotta question. You gotta question yourself.
2: Mm -hmm. And lots of times that is you live with intentionality and you live as if that person already exists. So like if you have that self confidence but yet you didn't get asked to the dance, you can question like, hey, how does a girl react to this that is already like married in 10 years down the road, right? Like, so a girl that's already married isn't worrying about this one dance. Of course, during that dance season, it feels like the only thing that's ever going to exist in their life. But you live as if you already are that person. So if you're already a confident person, you don't let one miss dance define you as no longer being valuable or worth taking out or whatever you're making it mean that you don't get asked out.
1: I love that expansive perspective. I think one of the hardest parts for me as a teen it was just resisting building this confidence within myself because I was worried that it would be perceived as kind of puffed up and conceited and I wanted to stay humble and so I just let that bad reel of negative thoughts play in my head instead of choosing more positive thoughts. Will you
2: let us know what
1: the difference is between confidence and being conceited?
2: Right. So unfortunately, that's a great question, right? Because unfortunately, you're not the only one, right? I really feel like that is something that many of us struggle with. It's like, they don't want to be too confident because they don't want to appear like cocky or conceited, but they also want to feel more confident. And we don't want to let that, I guess, as you said, that conflict that you have about feeling conceited. But one thing I like to remind people that have the same question is just to remember that like confidence is a as a tool of influence, it's like attractive. So if you have confidence, you are attracting other people to you to have a a positive influence on the lives of others, right? I think that maybe someone that might be more conceited, they're doing it to attract people to them and not necessarily to like an influential circle where they're making a difference. And a lot of times we mistake like the confident person is like that loud person, or that person that's kind of commanding a lot of attention, maybe the, the outgoing person, the lead of a school play, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're confident. You know, we have the ability to be a self-confident person, but we can still be quiet and know when it's appropriate to talk or not to talk. Or a self-confident person, they're not, they don't have to be like bossy, they don't have to be a know-it-all, but they can be someone that is willing to admit that they were wrong mm-hmm. or that they failed. But the the cocky person or that conceited person is maybe not going to admit that maybe they did something wrong. They would then say, like, if they got a bad grade on a test, their immediate reaction would be to, like, blame the test or blame the teacher. But someone that has self-confidence would take ownership and be like, hey, um, maybe I didn't understand that. Maybe I didn't study as well as I should. Or they know they didn't, right? So instead of directly blaming somebody else for their failure, they're taking ownership in that fail. So I think just knowing your role in all situations and being willing to admit your role is what truly makes you a self-confident person.
1: Beautiful answer. I love that depiction between the two. I think that's so helpful. So what are some qualities
0: you would see in a self-confident person?
2: Um, I think a person that's self-confident, most importantly, will do something, even though it may feel scary. And so when we see that person that's like, the lead of the school play, we just assume that they have all this confidence and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're any more confident than you. It just means that they're willing to do something that feels scary. They tend to set more goals for themselves and again, setting goals sometimes do feel scary. They're not afraid to maybe fail or they're not afraid to set a goal and achieve it and they don't make it mean anything about them when they maybe don't. So like you might set your sights on a certain college, maybe you don't get into that particular college applying for that college, right? Maybe felt scary, but you were confident in your abilities that they should want you. And maybe they didn't for that particular semester. But again, it's not about you. It's that there's, you know, 90,000 other kids doing it, or maybe there's a different path for you that you need to be at another school. And like, so you just have confidence in like our heavenly father's plan and knowing that he wants the best for you. I also feel like a person that is self-confident tends to be more friendly They tend to talk to more people. They don't necessarily have to, but they, they live outside of themselves rather than like thinking about what everybody else is thinking about me. And so they tend to just in general achieve more because they're not afraid to take risks and they're not afraid to feel scared because they know that feeling scared is actually what's going to allow them to achieve some of their dreams and not be held back.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, sure. I want to be more confident. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds really good. So we've talked about different attributes that a confident person has, but if we don't have those attributes and qualities right now, what are things that we can do to increase that self-confidence in us?
2: That's a good question. Um, It comes from changing your thoughts about yourself. There's no like positive value to thinking that you are, let's say, horrible at math. I think that's a thought that many of us are just willing to accept about ourselves because maybe we're not that A student or maybe we have to work a little bit harder. But what's the value of thinking you're just really bad at math? Nothing. Right. So you could have a thought that like, you know, maybe math isn't my best subject, but I'm willing to try. Yeah. Right. And so just tweaking it that I'm willing to try just allows you then to approach like a math problem with more confidence than if you're already telling yourself that I'm not good at math, then the result will be that you are closed off and you're not receptive and coachable and you're not willing to learn because you just are accepting that you're bad at math. We don't necessarily need to rely on our abilities that we can do it now, just rely on our abilities that we can handle everything that comes at us because we're not all gonna be the perfect teenager, but we can have like that confidence that we can always try to be better.
1: So awesome.
2: Another way that we can work on increasing our self-confidence is to remember and realize our brain doesn't do it naturally, right? So if we do want to be better at math or we want to be better at a sport or we want to be better at like our ACTs, for instance, you'll go and take prep courses or your study or you'll like go to the batting cages or whatever you need to do to get better at something. You might take piano lessons. And so you don't think, Oh, I'm a horrible piano player. When you're a baby piano player, you then take lessons and you're willing to take the steps and the action. So again, just remembering that, Our brain doesn't produce the self-confidence naturally. And so it's something that we have to train our brain to do and something that we have to be aware of. So we don't realize how tiny a little thought like those unicorn thoughts, just they can be so simple and sneaky. Like I think I have mentioned the procrastinator one, right? It doesn't, it just seems true. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but really thinking that is giving you the results that you're constantly behind and constantly turning stuff in late and, and constantly feeling overwhelmed because you have so much to do your brain wants to think those safety modes like, Oh, it's fine. Cause you're a procrastinator, but just being aware that it doesn't come naturally. And so you have to think, wait a second, how could I think about this differently?
1: Yeah. Isn't that called a self-fulfilling proclamation <laughs> when we just decide already what we are and who we are. And I think we often project that onto other people as well. You know, as a mother, you kind of say, Oh, you are, your room's always messy. You know, and if we keep repeating that thought and we keep speaking it, that person's going to start believing that's just who they are. And whether it's us saying it to ourselves or speaking that to someone else. And I like the idea of just giving yourself that open-ended, you know, I was this, I've struggled with this, but I'm willing to try something new. And I have the ability to put in the effort it takes to change it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because the beauty is, is we get to think whatever we want to think about everybody and everything, including ourselves. And so it doesn't even have to be true yet. We can just think I'm a person that got a 29 on RICT or a 25 or whatever you want. And then you just live your life as if that person, that person already, and then naturally the actions are going to follow that you're going to study or you're going to, do whatever that you need to take to increase your score or to get the score you want. And then when you go into that test, you have such a higher confidence level because you already have lived life as a person that's doing that, but yet you don't really know. And the thing is, again, kind of going back to those thoughts, we don't know what your score is going to be. We don't know if you're going to ace it or bomb it. So why think you're going to bomb it?
0: Yeah, yeah. our thoughts are so powerful. Well, it's all about changing the narrative too. Like language is so powerful and it's very limited. But when you think those like thoughts differently and you call yourself out when you're thinking bad thoughts about yourself. I think as a teenage girl, especially, I had some seriously bad negative self-talk and I would say it out loud. And I remember a friend called me out one time being like mean to myself while looking in the mirror or something. And I just was like, Whoa. And it was life changing for me. Not that it changed overnight, but I realized like if somebody else is hearing what I'm saying to myself and they know that that's not nice, like why am I doing that to myself? And I it takes time, but call yourself out and change it because you are the only person in charge of talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. So you might as well be nice to yourself because there's a lot of
2: other people that might not be nice to you. So you should be nice to yourself. <laughs> For sure. Like if it's not something you would say to a younger sibling or to a friend, then like why in the heck are you saying it to yourself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. you like, would you say those things to like your grandma or like a friend that's really hurting? Would you be like, oh, well, you didn't get out to the prom because you're ugly. Yeah. Right. But you'll say it to yourself willingly. And it just, it makes no sense. So Erica, I loved how you mentioned the playlist that you had going on in your head because just think about that. What kind of playlist do you have going on in your head and is that the playlist you want to continue to have? We talked about I'm bad at math or I'm really ugly or I have no self-esteem or I weigh too much. Like, What kind of things are you playing on your head in like this rotating track that's just on repeat? Take out the playlist and give yourself like some new ones. And so that's something I would encourage you guys to do today is like, what do I want to start thinking about myself? What's the new playlist I want to have going on in my head?
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of people do these mantras where they write like on sticky notes and stick them on your mirror and you say it to yourself at the beginning of each day. I am, you know, this or I am that. And that's starting to change our thought process just by doing that. And it feels phony and fake at the beginning, I think. But change the playlist. Like, you get to choose who you want to be. You get to choose what you'd speak to yourself.
2: Right. Can I say a little thing about mantras? Is that okay? Yeah, please. (laughs) So they're very powerful, and they definitely have the ability to change our lives. But if you get a mantra that you don't believe, and you just keep saying it over and over again, then your brain is going to be like, yeah, right. And so what I sometimes like people to realize is it doesn't have to be like that unicorn mantra per se, but it can just be what I like to refer to as like the bridge mantra, right? So you didn't get asked out on a date, right? And so you might be thinking, I'm the ugliest girl in the whole school. And that's like that, whatever the garbage thought or something. I think you said tiny. So that's like your garbage thought. Cause you're not the ugliest girl in the school, but then the unicorn thought would be like, I'm the most beautiful beauty queen in the whole school. Mm-hmm. And if you say that you can say it and your brain's going, no, you're not. And then it's just kind of defeating. Cause it's like negative. So your brain's allowing you to defeat that. Okay. So you might have to do like an, a bridge mantra where it's like, I'm a girl that is kind to others. It might just have to be, I'm a girl right? At first, like I'm a girl. (laughs) And then it's like, you know, that's not obviously empowering, but what I'm trying to say is like, you have to just say thoughts that you're willing to believe so that your brain isn't trying to refute it all day long. So it may just be like, I'm a girl that's nice to others. I'm a girl that's really fun to go out with. And those are things that if you can truly believe them, that's what you start saying. And then eventually you will get to the point to where like, you're a beautiful human being and you already were right? Because yeah. our worth is already there. Yeah, so yeah. just make sure you're believing it, or at least your brain isn't going, no, you're not. Because the second you do that, it's, it's detrimental. Yeah. So what we have to remember, though, is that we have to be willing to experience discomfort consistency in order to get that self-confidence that you want. It's not going to feel comfortable. You're not like, woohoo, let's go to a carnival. I didn't get asked out on a date. But we have to be willing to feel uncomfortable in situations, but know that we still have the ability to be confident. So then the next dance, you can ask the person or you're not letting it get to you in such a way that then you are diminishing your shine and diminishing your ability to contribute because you are wanting to not feel discomfort. So then you're like, okay, I just won't put myself out there. I'll just be this kid that's just, you know, flying under the radar Yeah, because that feels more comfortable. But if you want to be confident, you have to be uncomfortable sometimes.
0: Yeah. That's so key. It's going to be uncomfortable. And guess what? Everybody is working on this. There's not a single person that is perfectly confident in every way. It just is human nature to think those negative thoughts i i think that's really good to realize that it's going to be uncomfortable and that's okay and you kind of just have to fake it till you make it and practice it really is something that's going to grow do you have some practical ways that we can practice building our confidence
2: yeah some things that i like to suggest and i know it helped me a long time ago when i started doing it but what i call is like a dare of the day So I would like to offer to your listeners to maybe think about participating in this for like 10 days. And what it is, is you're doing a dare that maybe makes you feel uncomfortable, something that's outside of your comfort zone. So for instance, it could be like, You make a conscious effort, like today my dare is going to be to talk to four people that you've never really talked to before. And it may just be something like calling 10 people by name. It could be like asking someone to go to lunch with you that maybe you've never asked before um, or just inviting them to over to your house. Um, I know that I have a daughter that doesn't like to wear her glasses. And so she actually had to do this just for one day, but for her drama class. And so she chose to wear her glasses and no makeup to school. But that was something for her that really made her uncomfortable. (laughs) And so it can be silly, like raising your hand in class to say something if that's something you normally wouldn't do or offer your help to somebody. So it doesn't have to be anything huge, but just practice that uncomfortable feeling and knowing that it's just a feeling and you can get over it. I recently have been thinking a lot about the word courageous, and I think a lot of times we feel like superheroes are courageous. And so we're just like, oh, if I could just be like that, you know, or the person that tried out for the lead of the play and they got it right. And then they're up on the stage and they're just rocking it. And you're just like, oh, they're so courageous. They're superhero. What we have to remember, they're not any more courageous really than you. It's just that they were willing to feel the fear and then do it anyways. And so I really feel like courageous is a mix between someone that's confident and someone that's able to feel fear and do it anyways. And then they turn it into what we all look and value as courageous. But they're scared up there too, whatever they're doing. You know, like if they're the lead of a play or they're the vice president of the student body or whatever, and they, or they have to give the valedictorian speech. You're like, oh, they're confident because they have, you know, straight A's. But no, they're just as scared as we are.
1: Yeah, but they're yeah.
2: willing to feel the fear that comes with it.
1: Um, I am so in on your dare of the day, the week that we air your episode, I would love to do a dare every day and we'll incorporate it through our Instagram, but let's all push ourselves. We're going to come up with a list. We'll do it for 10 days with you. And I love a lot of your ideas. We'll use them. I love them. But I do think. Pushing ourselves outside of that comfort zone will help gain that confidence and realize like we didn't die. It was scary, but I didn't die. I'm okay. And, and it just will continue to grow your confidence.
2: I think the important thing that I want to express is that you have those things inside of you already not compared to other people, but you just already have it. You just haven't done it. So as you get older, I think the comparison even becomes bigger and bigger because you're more aware of what other people can and can't do. And then you start thinking that you're less than. So just remember we are what we are already. It's there inside of us. We just have to be willing to feel the fear and be willing to push ourselves.
0: That's a great reminder. (laughs) Thank you so much for all of your wisdom. We have one final question for you before we wrap up. We ask all of our guests this question, but if you could tell your high school self one thing, what would you tell
2: yourself? Wow. That's a really, that's a good question. Um, It's interesting because I was going to say the one thing I regret, but maybe that's part of my answer is don't regret. Just live your life with, the full intent and just live it without regrets because regrets only send you down in a deep despair or wishing that you've done something differently. But the main thing I wanted to really focus is my regret is like, I didn't push myself hard enough. Like when you have the opportunity to take like the extra math class, like as you're a senior or you can take like chemistry or science or AP, like if you have it in you and you have a desire to do it, go ahead and push yourself. And, you know, try out for that sports team that maybe you're a little bit scared to do or try out for the lead play, but just trust in your abilities and push yourself and give yourself all the experiences that you deserve in your high school years.
1: Perfect. Oh, I love that, Siri. I totally am in the same boat. <laughs> I think we would have been great friends and <laughs> I,
2: sure. each
1: other a little more, maybe. <laughs> so can you please tell us where we could, where our listeners can find you? Because I know they're going to want to hear more from you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I am on Instagram. It's Your Elect Self. I like to encourage people to become more elect. So Your Elect Self, or on Facebook under Siri Pain Life Coaching, or you can email me if you want to at Siri, which is C E R I, not like the phone. So Siri at Your Elect Self coach.
1: Perfect, wonderful. Thank you, thank you for your time today. We loved learning from you, and these are things we're going to implement into our lives.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.